Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm sorry, Will, but I believe on my episode that I do the counting in. So one, two, three. Hi there. Oh, hi. Caught me off guard. Welcome to another little episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Ah, I know you can't see me, but I'm actually quite beautiful. My name is Annie Gan. And um, there's some scarecrow in Wexford that wanted to get on the radio. So I told him the podcast were the same thing and his name is... Where are you, Mohanlin? Scarecrow of the year, radio personality of the year. Uh, (laughs) I was trying to explain to my dad what it is that we did one time, and uh, he was like, "What is it?" And I was like, "A podcast." What podcast? Like you know, you listen to it at the radio, kind of like on the computer. What? What at the radio? Yeah, I'm on the radio. I'm a big star on RTE Radio One National. (laughs) National radio in Ireland. I tell you, if I was, you wouldn't give a shit anyway. Hi. <laughs> daddy issues there, eh? Daddy issues. Speaking of daddy issues, I, f- I hear you had a few daddy issues this week. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't <laughs> have any well, daddy issues. What well, are you talking come about? Forth. Come forth and spill the tea. You told me that um you finally know that you're old because you've started being called daddy by a few little Twinkies that are uh, that well, are talking Annie, to you online. Any girl, that'd be for me to say if I wanted to say instead of putting it on a public <laughs> forum, you know. <laughs> Annie, what's your PPS number? What colour knickers do you have on you, Annie? Not at all. What's in your bank account? Not at all. Who do you bank with, Annie? AIB, AIB and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Wouldn't get it now, but anyway, <laughs> even scammers don't go near you. Well, do you think you have daddy issues? I don't think so, no. Not that I know of. Maybe if a psychologist sat me down and talked to me and then said, you've daddy issues, then I believe them. Pity you don't have a psychologist. You've only got me, your friendly pop psychologist, and I'm going to say <laughs> yes. 
Yes, you do have daddy issues. <laughs> oh, okay, Grant. And um, what's my what's my what's my treatment? Um, your treatment. I think your treatment is looking for men that are going to validate you online. I think that's the only oh. treatment that you can partake in at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, until you can afford some money for a really good therapist, bitch. <laughs> oh, you're just a cheapy run-of-the-mill freebie. Oh, I, I, I am not qualified in any way. <laughs> I'm one of those people that's going to be taken to court. <laughs> that we read about in newspapers. I think I, like every Irish girl, has daddy issues. But I think all Irish people have mammy and daddy issues. Like, we do. We're a very weird nation, familially. It's a Catholic church. I No, but exactly, Will. I mean, that has a lot. It's the Catholic church. Oh, but listen, that's a whole other podcast. I suppose we should get onto something a little less scary in the Catholic Church. A fucking horror story. Yes, bitch. And before we go any further, I'd like to give a massive shout out to Belinda Johnston, one of our new Patreons. We are sorry, Belinda, we may have forgotten you last week in the melee between recording socially distance between a few counties here in Ireland. Things sometimes get lost in translation, i.e. I can't understand what William's trying to say to me. So Belinda, thank you so much to you you are our star and to all of our patreons out there we wouldn't know how to do it without you and yes i do alternate between patreon and patreon because i don't know how you pronounce that shit thanks you guys ledge bags and on with the show this little story is called the screaming skull Yes, it is as creepy as it sounds. Well, I did send you a few lines. I just, yeah, just before I, I call your name, I want you to get into character and just give give me everything you've got this week. Now, don't hold back, okay? As I always do, because I'm a trained actor and I'm fucking brilliant. <laughs> Waiting for the Oscar nominations to be announced. In this category, I'm sure I'm in the running. Cue the music there, Roisin. Yes, we did get Roisin back. She's on the PUP scheme here in Ireland, so we're able to afford her because the government is paying her and not us. Thank you, roll it there, Roisin. Of all the stately and historic homes in England, none is more lovely or mysterious than Burton Agnes Hall, located in the East Riding, yes, that is not North, South or West Riding, but East Riding, section of Yorkshire, the ancient three-storey Elizabethan mansion has for many years been the home of the Boynton family. Since the 1600s, the hall has also been the home and final resting place of a human skull. A skull that has filled the night air with frightful screams and shrieking whenever it has been removed. Why can't I talk? Removed? Removed. From the hall. (laughs) (laughs) The mansion known as Burton Agnes Hall was already centuries old when its owner, Sir Henry Griffin, died sometime during the last years of the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. Upon Sir Henry's death, ownership of the vast Burton Agnes estate passed to his three daughters, none of whom was married. (gasps) The sisters were proud of their family home. They had lived in the hall all their lives and they loved it very much. Now with great wealth they had inherited, the three women decided that the hall should be rebuilt on an even grander scale with all of the latest features in architecture and furnishings. They would make Burton Hall the finest mansion in all of England. They hired the most famous architect in the world and commissioned one of the greatest painters in history, Peter Paul Rubens, to design and decorate the interior of the mansion. The cost of all the work was staggering, but for the sisters it was well worth the expense. They could easily afford to hire the best workmen and buy the finest materials in order to realise their dreams for the hall. 
Among the Griffith sisters, none was more deeply involved in the rebuilding project than Anne, the youngest of the three. From the beginning, Anne worked day and night with boundless energy, planning the changes to be made, buying expensive decorations, furniture, paintings and sculpture, and constantly searching for ways to make their home even more beautiful. And when at long last the work was finished and the mansion was completely restored, none of the sisters was prouder of their new home than Anne. She loved to walk about the mansion, admiring its breathtaking treasures and matchless beauty. Her whole life, in fact, was one of devotion to the hall. It was the house she was born in, and as we shall see, it was to be the house she would also die in. Not long after the work was completed, the sisters moved in and decided one afternoon to visit some neighbours who lived a short distance away. She informed her sisters of her plans and told them that she would be back before dark. They warned her to be careful of tramps and robbers who were known to be in the area. But Anne was not afraid. She often took long walks in the afternoon and she had never been bothered by vagabonds or thieves. At her sister's urging, however, she took along her pet dog to keep her company on the road. She set out in high spirits along the road leading to Harpham. Her neighbours, the St Quentin family, lived about a mile away. Anne met no one until she came to an area known as St John's Well. There she saw two men dressed in beggar's rags. They were lying on the grass by the roadside, apparently asleep. They awakened at the sound of Anne's dog barking at them, rose and brushed themselves off. One of the men, who carried a walking stick in one hand, asked Anne to give him a few coins. She reached into her purse and drew out a little money. As Anne extended her hand towards the man, he spied an expensive ring on her finger. Anne's eyes widened in horror. I'll be having that ring too and thank you, my lady. I cannot give you the ring, she protested. It was my mother's ring. It's been in her family for many, many years. My mother wore it until shortly after she died. When she gave it to me, you see. And I've worn it ever since. The ring. (laughs) The other beggar stepped forward, eyeing the beautiful ring and grinning cruelly. And you will lie too, my lady, if you do not give it to us. Be quick about it. The first man said harshly, reaching for her finger. Lest we be forced to take it off your finger, we mean to have that ring for ourselves. No, you cannot have it. The <laughs> ring, I mean. The <laughs> ring. Anne doesn't seem that bothered about getting mugged. She began to scream. Scream. Oh. And her dog barked furiously as the men struggled with her <laughs> possession of the ring. No one can hear your screams, milady, grunted one of the beggars. But Anne continued to strangle, strangle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a strangle? I don't know. Anne continued. I was just so in character there. I lost my narrating voice. Yeah. Mm. But Anne continued to struggle and cry for help until the man gave her a vicious blow on the head with his walking stick. She slumped to the ground, unconscious, making a strange noise. Make a strange noise. What? That's a fucking weird strange noise. What do you want? What <laughs> noise do you want? The thief snatched... Fuck's sake. The thief snatched her ring. <laughs> no, wait, look, look, edit, edit this bitch in. <laughs> well, right, okay. So you said make a strange noise. If I was to... If you, like, you've said scream, I would have been like... Whoa. But like a strange noise is... 
Like maybe that's the air going out of her. Maybe she's after doing the fart because she's unconscious. <laughs> she's on the ground after being mugged, and that's the sound she makes. <laughs> no, I tell you, you're making the noise you would make if you were on the ground and a man was after attacking you. You'd be like, Meow! Oh, I wouldn't. I'd be, oh, Jackie. shut up though the thief snatched her ring and ran away when Anne was found sometime later lying senseless where she had fallen she was taken to the San Quentin family home where she was cared for while her sisters were notified of her accident the next day they took her home to Burton Agnes Hall and at first her health seemed to improve slightly she regained consciousness but even with her sister's constant care and attention she never recovered from the blow to her head after five days knowing that death was not far away Anne called her sisters to her bedside from bed I have loved this house she told them and in dead I would not gladly leave it my fate and the fate of this house are bound together promise me that when I am dead I will not be wholly separated from this house that I love so much as I will not be wholly separated from this house that I love as much as life itself. Have you seen my ring? The ring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what would you have us do, Anne? One of her sisters whispered tearfully. I wish to have my body placed in the family vault in the churchyard. Anne replied calmly, as if she were discussing events of no more importance than the weather. But I wish to have my head removed from my body and kept in this house forever. Never let it be taken away or buried apart from this house. It is my last wish, which I pray for you to fulfil when I breathe no more. Oh, God, very emotional. Then, seeing the look of horror on her sister's faces, she added, I ask you, my sisters, to honour my wishes and to make my request known as well as to future generations of the owners of Boont and Agnes Hall. If they forget or disobey this, my last wish, my spirit will return to disturb the house. I will make it uninhabitable for its owners. For a woman with a head injury, she was being a right little arsehole. And the nominations for Oscar Oscar winning performance is William O'Hannon, William O'Hannon, the the Mysteries (laughs) of the Unexplained Podcast. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is the first nomination and win for William O'Hannon. His portrayal of Anne in the episode uh, hosted by Annie Gann is uh, exquisite. Can I? Okay, thank you. You're down off your box. Thank you. Anne's sisters considered that her strange words were merely the result of her severe head injury. They had no intention of carrying out her bizarre request, but in order to comfort her in her last hours, they agreed to fulfil her wishes. She died peacefully a short while later. Her body, including her head, which had not been severed and preserved as she had requested, was buried in the family vault. In the weeks that followed Anne's funeral, strange things began happening inside Burton Agnes Hall. A loud crash was heard in an upstairs room, but servants who investigated the noise found nothing disturbed in the room. 
One night everyone in the house was awakened by the sound of doors slamming shut. But as quickly as people reached one door that had closed with a crash, they heard other doors slamming shut in other parts of the house. They followed the sounds from place to place, finding doors closed and in some cases locked securely, until at last, after several hours of such activity, the disturbances ended. The searchers went back to bed, weary and frightened. No one slept in Burton Agnes Hall during the remainder of that long and frightening night. The next week, the sisters and others in the house began hearing heavy, running footsteps in the empty hallways outside their rooms after they went to bed. And if that were not enough to terrify them out of their wits, they heard unearthly groans and blood-curdling screams (laughs) echoing down the halls and lonely corridors as though someone were suffering unbearable pain and agony. By now, the sisters recalled Anne's dying words. Should you forget and disobey this, my last wish, my spirit will return to disturb the house. I will make it uninhabitable for its owners. (laughs) They wasted no time in consulting the vicar. They told him about the eerie sounds in the night and confessed that they had not complied with their dying sister's wish to have her head preserved within the hall for all time. The vicar advised them to have Anne's coffin reopened for examination. When the coffin was dug up and the casket opened, Anne's body was just as it had been at her death, but her head was rotted away to a grinning skull. Worse, her skull had been severed from the rest of her body. Although her head and body had been intact when she was buried, no one could account for these extraordinary discoveries. The astonished vicar decided that supernatural forces were at work. He declared Anne's soul would find no peace until her skull was returned to Burton Agnes Hall, and he suggested that the sisters act immediately to satisfy her last wishes. They quickly took his advice and brought Anne's skull back to the hall. They set it in a place of honour on a table where it remained prominently on display for all to see for a number of years. And as long as the skull lay undisturbed inside the house, no further night sounds or disturbances plagued Burton Agnes Hall. The returning of the scream skull, however, happened after the last of the Griffith sisters died and ownership of Burton Agnes Hall and its estates passed to the Boynton family in 1618. A maid at the mansion decided to get rid of the ghastly skull. When no one was around, she sneaked into the room where the skull was displayed and tossed it out an open window. (laughs) It landed in a passing horse-drawn wagon that was filled with straw. When the skull landed in the wagon, the horses stopped suddenly. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No amount of urging or whipping by their owner could move them. It was as if they were mired in deep mud and unable to force themselves backward or forward to free themselves. Eventually, the owner of the wagon discovered the skull lying in the straw. And when the affair finally was resolved and the skull was returned to its previous resting place in the hall, the horses calmly went on their day without further ado. By this time, everyone in the area knew the curious stories surrounding old Nance, as they referred to Anne. Still, not everyone believed the stories. Once, a member of the family had the skull taken outside and buried in the garden behind Burton Agnes Hall. After a sleepless night spent cowering beneath his bed covers, listening to agonised screams and anguished shrieks that fill the air, 
the lord of the estate quickly had the skull returned to the hall. Yorkshire residents said the restless ghost of Anne Griffith could be seen prowling the lonely halls and corridors of the hall at night whenever the skull was moved from one room to another. But sometime around 1900, the owner of the hall had the skull bricked up within a wall in the mansion to prevent it ever being removed again. Since that time, nothing further has been heard from the screaming skull of Burton Agnes Hall. I would like to say that you did a beautiful emotive rendition of a common English woman's voice when I told you I needed a fancy English woman's voice. I do not listen to you. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I forgot that. That's simple. There's no other way around it. I don't listen to directions from you. Now, it's been going on for a long time and you don't seem to get it. <laughs> Will, tell me this. Yes. Well, isn't that a great story? And you It is a great story. Um, It's a very strange request, isn't it? To take your head, like, be like, oh, I want my head put in the hall. I know. And I, I don't, know. like, That's the first I probably thing. would have done the same thing as what the sisters did and be like, yeah, no problem. You just close <laughs> yeah. your eyes and be like, what the yeah. fuck? Could you imagine just like having like just in your house and be like, oh, uh, oh my new friend uh, Joan is coming over. <laughs> Great. And then Joan walks in and she sees like a fucking uh, femur bone of your great uncle who wanted his fucking femur bone displayed in the house or else I'll haunt you. And you're like, I can't like not do it because he'll haunt me. Um it's interesting about her head being rotted away in the corpse or in the in the coffin. But then I know. Maybe that was just that part of the coffin wasn't as like secure as the other part. And maybe that's the entry point where like oxygen got in to rot her fucking head. That's a very scientific mm. explanation mm. of you, Will. And what mm. the fuck? What scientific explanation do you have for the screaming and the yelling and the fucking doors and the mm. cupboards? I'm a and forensic lot? detective, bitch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know. I I just wanted to, to ask you if you did mm. want your head um removed from your cleaved yeah. from your body at death, who gets that job of doing it? Like who's who? Who needs who does it then? Yeah, you like see, who, that's who, why as well. I think she's a bit of an ignorant bitch because she just was <laughs> like, "Yeah, oh, I want my head," and and then yeah, oh, get someone just with get someone to detach it. I don't care. Oh, it doesn't bother me. I just want my head displayed. Like that's, that's well, she was half mental. She was after getting a serious bl- a brain injury. Yeah, oh, well, no well, she seems she seemed to have more senses to her than what you do, anyway. But uh, <laughs> who am I to judge? Um, if I was pa- if I was passing away and I said to you, William, my last wish is to have my skull displayed on your kitchen cabinet forever. What would you do? I look you. I I go close to your face, look you dead in the eye, and be like this: Not over my dead body, a little witch. Gritted <laughs> teeth, and I put the pillow over your head and finish you off, and then I put on a right show at the funeral. Oh, oh you. You'd literally have a wedding dress in black at the funeral. Trail, like mermaid trail, like veil going back a million miles. And you'd have five bu- five strapping young men holding you up because you'd be so racked with grief. Oh, this sounds sexy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like your dying wish that you wanted? So I'll take it. 
imagine me coming up the aisle like with um a black outfit and be like, I made it to the wilderness. And you know I made it through. Oh, here we go. Has to <laughs> sing along. <laughs> Sorry, it's my fucking episode. Not. It's my. Yeah, it's, it's your my funeral. Episode. You're not going to be able to sing along. Oh, jeez, I'll put on some concert. It'll be never ending. You'll be <laughs> raging. You'll be spinning in the box. You'll be able to sing back. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's Ask Willie Anything because it's your oh, episode you're asking Oh, sorry, me. sorry. <laughs> ask you Willie Anything. to yourself. Look, luckily we can edit this, although I know you don't have the skills. <laughs> well, I've got two questions for you this week that some of our listeners sent in. Now, you may have sent these oh, in yeah. to ask any anything, but tough luck this week. Oh, yeah. I'm I've, Unfortunately, I have to share them around with Will because nobody actually asks him any questions. Will? Yes. Do you or have you ever had a reoccurring dream? Um... I wouldn't say I have a recurring dream as in like a whole reoccurrence of a dream. But what I do have is I'll have a dream and it could be different scenarios. But then 
within the dream then like I'll open the door and walk through and it'll be like this really familiar place that only exists in dream world that I've dreamt about loads of times oh so it's like Hmm. so like it'll be like like a land that that isn't physical but I'd be like oh this place oh yeah 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 and I'll be like oh yeah I remember this place or it'll be like uh like like a pub or something that I'd be like oh yeah 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 I know this place but it doesn't exist never been there in real life oh and what kind what kind of place is it um well it's usually like an outdoorsy kind of like countrysidey like place or like it's like some sort of secret area. Is it is it like the lovely place doggos go to when they die, like fields just to run and prance in? <laughs> no, but do you think it might be a glimpse of of, of the great beyond? Possibly. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I think it's just your brain. Like, but what I do believe, and what I believe in now more so, which makes more sense to me, is that. Oh no, I'm getting. No, sorry. <laughs> this will go off on a big tangent. So no, sorry. Ask me my next question. No, go on, go on, go on. No, we have all the time in the world now, William. Go ahead. Well, I think that I, I kind of believing more in reincarnation, in the sense that you like come back like once you die you're you you don't necessarily go to an afterlife like that but i do believe that there is an afterlife but i believe that you like you like each life is like a lesson that you have to work through Mm -hmm. like so this life that we are currently in that you're like you will will come to the end at some point and Mm -hmm. it'll Mm -hmm. be like you would have been placed in this environment with certain setup or whatever to learn a particular lesson or multiple particular lessons. I'll tell you something for nothing. You're not you're not doing very good with your learning in this one. Well, you see, maybe this lesson is to um, learn patience for having to deal with the fucking bollocks that I get from you. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> drivel. Is what I have to, and learn and patient and patient and patient. So at the end of this life, they'll be like, "This fuck me, that was a hard one. That was a fucking hard one." <laughs> and I'll be like, "I know." And then the next one will just be like, "Okay, what's my next lesson?" And they'll be like, "This. Your next life is having to work closely with Annie for the rest of your life as her carer." And I'll be like this. <laughs> See, and you have to complete it to get onto the next lesson. It's kind of like a video game, but not. Well, if it was a video game, sorry, what's my next question? You'd be after losing all your lives a long time ago. Okay, thank you for that existential rant that you just went on. No, no, I warned you, and but, you told me, yeah. Anyway, know, you encouraged me. I, I said, no, 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 and you were like, oh no, Sherry. I know, I was gaslighting you, bitch. <laughs> on record isn't it on William record. William come on like yeah, come on yeah. now what is something that you thought would be a great idea but was really shit when you did it oh this is a good <laughs> this podcast <laughs> this podcast <laughs> and thanks for joining us for this segment <laughs> wait 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 what uh, 
Man quits his job after being outed as Australia's notorious poo jogger. Beep, 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 beep. We've got some breaking news coming into Annie's bizarre news desk here. A man accused of serially pooing in public has quit his job after a photographer caught him relieving himself on a suburban Brisbane street. <laughs> the name. If you could please stop interrupting my newscast. I'm just a viewer at home watching the news. I really wish I couldn't hear you, viewer. The man, named as Andrew Douglas McIntosh, was dubbed the Poo Jogger after a story in Australia's Career Mail, which pictured the former manager supposedly defecating in public. McIntosh was photographed holding toilet paper outside the Logan Road block on May 11 and has been charged with one count of public nuisance. It's alleged that Macintosh, 64, fouled on the private footpath of an apartment block near his Brisbane home 30 times over the last... (laughs) Over the last year. According to local reports, the regularity of Macintosh's movements proved to be his undoing, with the residents setting up cameras to catch him. With his reputation seemingly in the toilet, Macintosh has since stepped down from his job as a quality care manager at Avio, a company that runs retirement villages. Aveo later confirmed his resignation as pictures of Macintosh mid-motion went viral. <laughs> oh my God, there is a picture of I him doing a poo. There's a picture of this old fella leaned over with toilet roll in his hand, Ew. just doing a poo on the side of the street. Nice. According to Sydney Beautiful. Morning Herald, Macintosh is also on Brisbane City Council's inclusive Brisbane board, which advises on community issues associated with development and planning. Well, I'm sure none of those community issues involved shitting literally on your own fucking doorstep, you dirty dog. I'm sorry. Annie is now running to the bathroom herself to get sick. We'll be back next week with more bizarre news. <laughs> what a dirty, dirty. Annie, oh, oh. Sorry, a video playing. Sick. Like, why do people do this? It's like, I don't understand it. Like, if you if you have to poo that urgently all the time, like, obviously you've got some sort of condition. Do you think he was doing it because he has, you know, because he just couldn't stop himself going and he knew that if he went out, he was going to go? Or do you think he's doing it, like, as an actual, like, like to get kicks? Mm, that's a good one, Annie. I don't know. I think that... No, no, I think it's like, I think he goes on his run, he he gets this this big urge to poo. Like, as in, like, it, it stimulates his bowel movements, and then he's just like, ah, fuck it, I don't care, meh. And he's just yeah, a really well, like, ignorant, fuck. tick ignorant, one of those people that's just like, meh, meh, meh. You know? Imagine him, he runs, he, he manages retirement homes. Imagine being like, hello, my name is Max. I'm going to find, I don't know what his name is. I'm going to find a nice retirement village for your parents. By the way, I shit on public streets. <laughs> dirty, dirty dog. Oh, like people are so weird. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And if you want to find more, you can find us on Instagram at Mysteries of the Unexplained Pod. Or you can find our little Facebook group that is very secret and we only have high profile clients. And it's really, really exciting. If you join, we're going to ask you a few really difficult questions. And your IQ has to be really big to get in there. And um, we're on Twitter, (laughs) but I forget our Twitter handle. Um, Mysteries Pod is the Twitter handle, Annie. But we don't really... We don't really go on Twitter that much, do we? 
we're not very good at Twitter, are we? We're not very good at that. I think that's going to have to be a new lockdown skill. Oh my God, will a blizzard, a literal blizzard just kicked up outside. Oh, it is insane. I may go rescue the dog and make sure he's not out in it. Well, you know, you didn't get to say much this week. Is there anything like you, that you'd like to say? I'm fucking done with you. <laughs> okay okay it's time for will's medication Bye. thank you so much thank you, thank you so much for all Love our listeners you. join elephant us next chew. week when we delve elephant in chew. would you shut the fuck up oh did you did, is there anyone to see is there anyone to see mysteries oh no oh mysteries. no will oh shut mysteries. the fuck up will mysteries of the unexplained the unexplained i'm going to go down there Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.